Hello and welcome once again to Vipers Voices, the podcast from the Desert Vipers, a team that plays in the UAE's own 2020 league, the DP World ILT20. In this episode, it's all starting to get real again as we catch up with Colin Munro, who's been confirmed as captain for Season 2. We spoke with Colin at the team's jersey launch at Seoul Beach at the JA Resort in Jebel Ali just six days before the Vipers' first match of this campaign against the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders at the Dubai International Stadium on Sunday, January the 21st. That jersey launch was also attended by UAE all-rounder Rowan Mustafa, one of the pillars of the side in Season 1, as well as two new players for this season, Netherlands all-rounder Basta Leder and Scotland batter Michael Jones. On top of that, there was director of cricket Tom Moody, head coach James Foster and fast bowling coach Azam Mahmood. Colin and Rowan arrived wearing the new playing and training kit aboard the Ocean Guardian, a boat rowed in by the founder of the Plastic Pledge, Toby Gregory, and one he and two colleagues rowed across the Atlantic Ocean this time last year to help publicise environmental challenges the planet is facing. The Plastic Pledge is partnering with the Desert Vipers for the next two years. And the players and Toby were met on the beach by pupils from GEMS Metropole School in Dubai, one of the schools where the Vipers have rolled out their cricket coaching and sustainability sustainability initiatives since the end of season one. Just a reminder that tickets are on sale for all Vipers matches this season, starting with that team opener against the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders on the third day of the tournament. You can get hold of your tickets through the league's website www.ilt20.ae or at any Virgin Megastore in the UAE. Now, let's get going. Collins back for a second season in charge, and as far as head coach James Foster is concerned, confirmation of that appointment was a no-brainer. Well, it was, it was very easy. Last year, it was probably his first time where he's done a full, been a full-time um, captain. I was very clear and confident that I wanted him to be captain last year. So when I asked him, he was, I think, a little bit taken back, and I thought he did a brilliant job. Um, I thought he grew into the role Obviously, he's got a wealth of experience, he's been around, and I think it's, listening the other day, he's got 10,000 T20 runs, you know, an absolute world-class performer, but again, quality bloke. And I thought he did a phenomenal job last year. It's not easy, Captain. Everyone's always got the answers from, from afar, and obviously then you've got commentators, you know, suggesting X, Y, and Z, but I thought he kept his cool, thought he was very calm, and again, just embodied that sort of togetherness um, the togetherness that we try to create during this whole campaign a sort of sense of belonging within the group from Colin's perspective coming back into the role he made his own last season he's very clear on what he has to do from a leadership perspective and why it was that he was able to fit into the captaincy so comfortably last time around I just think a little bit of maturity. I think if I was captain probably four or five years ago, um, I think as a leader you've got to show a little bit of vulnerability sometimes because I'm not perfect. Um, I'm never going to be perfect. So I don't expect the players to be perfect, but one thing I do expect is players to plan and prepare really well, and you know, different players do that. As long as I know what makes those boys tick and get ready for games, um, you know, and just being open and honest, I think 
you know, you're not, like I said before, you're not going to please all 22 players. You, you are going to make some, I won't say enemies, but you know, it's, it's going to be hard to, to make sure that all of them are, are extremely happy. But if I can do the best and just make sure that my communication to them is clear and, and honest, I, I just hope that they can, they can take that and, and, and run with it. Colin knows that with this second season comes the challenge of living up to the quality of performances the squad produced in the first edition of the tournament as the Vipers, together with champions the Gulf Giants, will be the sides every other one wants to knock down. I think we can raise the bar. As, as cricketers, we always want to be better than, the, than we were the year before or even, even better than yesterday. So, yeah, like you said, we're going to be the hunted. I think us and Gulf were, were the two best teams by a long way, and I'm not too shy to say that. I think everybody saw that last year where we, where we finished on the table and then we obviously played in the final. And, you know, credit to them, they played better than us on that day, but, you know, we've beaten them a couple of times throughout the comp too. So, yeah, for us, it's, you know, we want to be better than last year, no doubt. But first things, we just got to look after our culture and make sure that everybody feels a sense of belonging. And then we want to make sure that people are nice and free that can go out there and play with freedom. And, and no matter if it's their day today or tomorrow, we, we come up with that same freedom in the next game. And if we're fortunate enough to, to go one further, then it is. But... I want boys to just make sure that they've had a great time here with the Vipers for this month and if that means us winning the tournament then that's great. If it means that we finish just outside the four and, we, and we've had a good, good crack at it and we've done everything in our power then, then that's cricket. And during our chat Colin also reflected on the franchise's efforts to champion the message of sustainability in the climate crisis and whether that effort will compromise the team's quest for glory this season. I honestly can't see it. I honestly don't think it will. In many other tournaments, you just grab a plastic bottle out of the fridge, whether it's Powerade or water, and then you, you chuck it in the bin. There's no difference now whether we're going to go and get you know, a big tub of, of Powerade and making our own Powerade so that it's there to fill up our, our, our bottles that we can reuse. So to me, I don't think it's going to make any change. As, as a franchise, I think the Vipers are doing wonderful things. And, and like I said on stage earlier, it's just about education and you know, making sure even the players, it's, we're not going to be perfect as players and, and even as a franchise, but if we can you know, be you know, one of the first franchises to, to go down that route in, in a massive way, and we're not shy to, to go, go with them and make sure that you know, we can educate even my kids along, along this journey for the month and other kids around. And, Everybody, I think it's just a little bit of communication and, and making sure that it's just a change in, in attitude and a change in mentality and some behaviour as well. That's Colin Munro, back as Desert Vipers captain for season two of the DP World ILT20 and our chat with him is coming up next here on Vipers Voices. Colin Munro, the Desert Vipers captain, second season at the helm. How does it feel? Yeah, a bit different to last year. I think last year I was uh, a little bit anxious and a bit nervous on, on what to expect uh, being captain. But coming now, obviously, had last year and the success that we had, the players that we've recruited as well, and a lot of the call still behind. So not a lot to, on my behalf, not a lot to do between now and that first game. And we're here today at Seoul Beach at the JA Resort for the jersey launch. You're wearing the jersey. I guess it really feels real now, doesn't it, the fact that season two is upon us? Yeah, just I was having breakfast with my wife and it, was, it feels like just yesterday, honestly. I know time flies the older you get, but it does feel like, you know, yesterday that we were here playing in the final and, you know, sometimes you, you get through the grind of T20 cricket and it feels like a long year, but it is. It's literally, definitely uh, a good good place to be obviously J.A. Resorts they looked after us really well last year 
um, and to be back, familiar uh, surroundings and same coaching staff and a lot of the same players. So, yeah, a lot of familiarity around. Last season was your first season as captain. You hadn't done an awful lot of it beforehand, but since then, of course, you've been leading Brisbane Heat in the BBL. How was that experience? And uh, it's more experience for you in the captaincy stakes. Yeah, it is, and I think it, it helps me in, in trying to, you know, if I want to stay in cricket long term, um, I think captaincy is not just about the on-field stuff for me. Um, the best captains that I've played under have have really gone over and beyond, not just the cricket side of things, but, uh, you know, making sure that people are feeling valued in the group and, you know, sometimes when you're not playing and you're away from home for a month or two, um, you know, this game can get you down sometimes. So just trying to keep everyone... That's not playing, and even the ones that are playing, as up as they can be. Um, it's, never, it's never easy, obviously, looking after 20-odd players because there are going to be some quality players playing on the bench. But as long as we can keep their spirits up along the way, um, I think that's probably my role that I need to do a little bit better than probably last year. You've come from the Brisbane Heat, as I mentioned. You had a fantastic campaign there with the Heat. How difficult was it to actually leave, given uh, it's the business end of the BBL now? Uh, I'm not going to lie, it was very tough because last year when we left, uh, myself and Sam Billings, who was here last year, you know, we were sitting bottom bottom of the table or second last, so it was a little bit easier to leave. But you know, when you've you've given everything to the group, you know, and, and captained and led the group really well, and then to be in the final or that playoff at least, uh, finishing top, having that home final, going to play it on the Gold Coast in front of a good crowd. Yeah, it is. It's it's tough to leave, but you know that's cricket. You know, I've spoken about it in in Australia that the the draft was there to try and be a big thing, and I don't think it it's quite lived up to its hype. And you know, you got teams. Oh, we got the ILT Twenty and the South African League that are are approaching players in between, you know, drafts and stuff. So, and especially my age, you've you've got to take take the work when it's available. What you did at Brisbane Heat, as I mentioned, you were captaining the side there and you established something really good. That was uh, clear for all to see, even from the outside. You did exactly the same with the Desert Vipers last season. What's the secret to getting that great feeling around a, a group of players? I just think a little bit of maturity. I think if I was captain probably four or five years ago, um, I think as a leader you've got to show a little bit of vulnerability sometimes because I'm not perfect um, I'm never going to be perfect, so I don't expect the players to be perfect. But one thing I do expect is players to plan and prepare really well. And you know, different players do that. You know, Alex Hales goes and plays golf. You know, where you get a best leader might want to go and bowl four overs at every training and hit, you know, 500 balls, whatever it may be. So as long as I know what makes those boys tick and get ready for games, um, you know, and just being open and honest, I think. You know, you're not you, like I said before. You're not going to please all 22 players. You, you are going to make some. I won't say enemies, but you know, it's it's going to be hard to, to make sure that all of them are, are extremely happy. But if I can do the best and just make sure that my communication to them is clear and and honest, I, I just hope that they can they can take that and and, and run with it. Now, you've been opening for the Brisbane Heat. You got 99 not out in your first game of the BBL. Have you given yourself and the other selectors a little bit of a headache? Because obviously last season, Alex Hales and Rowan Mustafa opened the batting throughout the DP World ILT 20. Dan Lawrence has been announced today as a wildcard player for the Vipers and he really enjoys batting in the top three. So uh, it's a real issue uh, you, you've got now, but a good issue. Yeah, it's always a good issue. And like I said before, there's going to be some, pl- some, some players sitting on the sideline that are world class. So 
you know, Dan Lawrence is a wonderful signing. You went over there and, and to the Stars, a team that weren't performing that well, and all of a sudden they started winning when he was there, and Maxwell were batting well together. So hopefully he can bring a lot of that form into this this part of the world and, and do well for the Vipers and, um, you know, bowls handy offspin as well and, you know, is, is, a, is a leader in the pack too. So wherever I play now, you know, as a leader, I've got to be sort of real easy batting one, two, three, maybe even four. So, yeah, we'll just wait and see what happens. I think... Uh, you know, like Azam Khan and a few boys aren't here for the first game, so then second and third game might have to rejig. And I think that's the that's the good thing about our squad is that we've got adaptability and we've got players that can do various roles within that within that playing eleven. In terms of this season, it's a little bit different, I guess. There's going to be a lot more comings and goings with players. Some of the Pakistan contingent are away at the start of uh, the, the tournament. They're in New Zealand. International cricket's still going on. The PSL clashes with the latter stages of DP World ILT20 this time around. Can you cope? Yeah, I think we can. Like I said, we've got all bases covered in terms of world-class players, leaders and guys that are adaptable in different conditions in that, in that uh, playing 11 too. So... Yeah, it's it's not ideal, but that's that's the landscape of cricket these days with the overlapping of, of like you said, the PSL and, and international cricket at the same time. We're just fortunate as a franchise to get those players, even if it is for a few games here and there. Um, and if we can try and get the best out of them while they're here and win a couple of games along the way, then that's a bonus for us. You've got a practice match on Thursday against uh, the Dubai Capitals. How much can we expect in that practice match as uh, a mirror image of what we're going to see in match one? I'm not too sure. Like I said, uh, you know, I've only just, just arrived, so I'll be sitting down with, with Moods and, and Fozzie soon just to try and nail who's going to be here for that first game. Like you said, some players aren't going to be here for those, for those first couple. So try and see who's available um, and come up with our best 11 that's, that's going to take on not just Dubai Capitals in that warm-up match, but um, Abu Dhabi Night Riders on, on, on Sunday. You've kept the core of the 2023 squads together. How important is that? Yeah, it's massive. I think that continuity, um, I think that's what we did well last year was trying to keep those same players playing and, and giving them, a, I say, a, a bit of a leash. But, you know, because 2020 is it's a tough game um, and as a batter, if you're coming out three out of ten and you're performing, you're actually doing a decent job. So um, nothing different for, for bowlers along the way too. So for us, it's about trying to have that continuity with players. But we know that there's going to be comings and goings. So it's about making sure that when... We have the best players here. We're going to be using them. And then, you know, if we come up on Shaja and it's a different wicket, we've, we've got players that can come in and do something else. So when we've got our best 11 on the park, no matter who it is, I think we've got, you know, great strength from 1 to 11. And how about season two? You're going to be the hunted this year or one of the hunted sides because of the successes you enjoyed in season one. How are you going to be able to cope with that? And can you raise the bar again? I think we can raise the bar. As, as cricketers, we always want to be better than, the, than we were the year before or even even better than yesterday. So, yeah, like you said, we're going to be the hunted. I think us and Guelph were, were the two best teams by a long way, and I'm not too shy to say that. I think everybody saw that last year where we, where we finished on the table and then we obviously played in the final. And, you know, credit to them. They played better than us on that day, but, you know, we've beaten them a couple of times throughout the comp too. So, yeah, for us, it's, you know, we want to be better than last year, no doubt. But first things, we just got to look after our culture and make sure that everybody feels a sense of belonging. And then we want to make sure that people are nice and free that can go out there and play with freedom. And, and no matter if it's their day today or tomorrow, we, we come up with that same freedom in the next game. And if we're fortunate enough to, to go one further, then it is. But I want boys to just make sure that they've had a great time here with the Vipers for this month. And if that means us winning the tournament, then that's great. If it means that we finish just outside the four and, we, and, and we've had a good 
good crack at it and we've done everything in our power, then, then that's cricket. Now you're here for the jersey launch today at Seoul Beach, the JA Resort. This time you came on shore powered by Toby Gregory, the adventurer and the founder of the Plastic Pledge. He rowed you ashore, having rowed over 5,000 kilometres across the uh, the Atlantic Ocean. He and his two colleagues uh, did that a year ago. How did that feel and, uh, and how do you feel about uh, the way the Vipers have nailed their colours to the mast in terms of sustainability? Yeah, uh, Toby some really really interesting stories and just that short little row that he had there about you know being at sea for 40 odd days and being six days on the on the barns with with 30 foot waves he asked me if, if I had any plans um, after PSL whether I wanted to go and do do a, a, a offshore sort of adventure with him and I, I couldn't think of anything worse to be honest um, you know that's I'd rather face you know Shaheen Shah Freedy or Mohammed Amir with with no pads on and no helmet in the net. So I'll, I'll take my chances there. So I'll stick to my strengths. But as as a franchise, I think the Vipers are doing wonderful things. And, and like I said on stage earlier, it's just about education and you know making sure even the players. It's we're not going to be perfect as players and and even as a franchise. But if we can, you know, be you know one of the first franchises to to go down that route in, in a massive way, and we're not shy to. To go go with and, and make sure that you know we can educate even my kids along along this journey for the month and other kids around and everybody. I think it's just a little bit of communication and and making sure that it's just a change in an attitude and a change in mentality and some behaviour as well. well. We've mentioned about that those green credentials the franchise has uh, nailing the colours to the mast this season. There's the partnership with the Plastic Pledge that we've mentioned, Bat for a Chance as well for recycling uh, the kit, water coolers in the team room rather than plastic bottles. There's the electric scooters that were here last season as well, of course. Is it going to compromise anything that you do as players on the field, all these all, all these efforts to go green? I honestly can't see it. You know, speak to me halfway through or the, the end of the tournament and, and I'll give you an honest opinion, but I, don't, I honestly don't think it will. In many other tournaments, you just grab a plastic bottle out of the fridge with whether it's Powerade or water and then you, you chuck it in the bin. There's no difference now whether we're going to go and get you know, a big tub of, of Powerade and making our own Powerade so that it's there to fill up our, our, our bottles that we can reuse. So to me, I don't think it's going to make any change. Um, but like I said, speak to me in three to four weeks and, and we'll, we'll have this discussion again. Colin Munro, confirmed as Desert Vipers captain for the new season of the DP World ILT20 and looking forward to the side getting up and running with a practice match against the Dubai Capitals followed by the first match of the season against the Abu Dhabi Knight Riders at the Dubai International Stadium on Sunday, January the 21st. And that's it for another episode of Vipers Voices. Please feel free to give us any feedback or thoughts on the podcast. You can do that via email at media at thedesertvipers.com and you can get all the latest news from the Vipers at the team's website, thedesertvipers.com or via all the major social media platforms. Don't forget too that tickets are on sale for all Vipers matches and can be purchased via the ILT20 website or at any Virgin Megastore in the UAE. We'll be back soon with more Vipers updates as the first match is now just a matter of days away. But in the meantime, this is Brian Murgatroyd, as ever, saying thanks so much for listening.